Does manual treasury management and operations have your crypto business stuck in the slow lane? Scale up and speed ahead with Fireblocks, the number one platform for crypto operations and trading pros that makes custody, settlement, and rebalancing quick and easy. Visit fireblocks.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Coinbase Prime, an integrated solution that provides institutional investors with an advanced trading platform, secure custody, and prime services to manage all of their crypto assets in one place. Futuristic companies like Tesla and MicroStrategy have used Coinbase's comprehensive investing platform to execute some of the largest trades in the industry. Learn more by visiting coinbase.com prime to get started today. I'd also like to give a shout out to Cross River. Whether you're a crypto exchange, NFT marketplace, or wallet, Cross River's integrated API-based platform provides the payment solutions you need to grow. A CryptoFin industry award winner and an early partner for companies like Coinbase, Cross River's tech stack supports crypto partners and enables real-time money movement for consumers. Welcome to a new world of crypto-friendly banking at crossriver.com crypto. All opinions expressed by hosts and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and not necessarily those of the blocks. Podcast guests may have taken positions in the assets or other matters discussed in this podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. For full terms, visit theblockcrypto.com slash terms dash service. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Scoop. I'm your host, Frank Chaparro, Director of News at The Block, and this is a really special episode. We're, we're trying to test out breaking news shows where we just like hop on the mic, bring on someone that we trust to break down what might be happening in the market. We have our former research analyst, Mika, who is now in the Bahamas, at least in the moment, to break down exactly what's happening with the market and the UST de-pegging, while the pegging, de-pegging, pegging again, de-pegging once again. At last check, Bitcoin's at around 31,000. It went almost, it almost touched 30,000. Mika, you you and I were talking last night about the situation with um, UST. It went as low on Binance to 82 cents. I think on chain, it was at about 86 cents. You were kind of clamoring about this last night after the first de-pegging for people who are maybe not familiar about why this is a big deal. Stable coins, whether they're algorithmic or um, U.S. dollar backed or centralized, some might say they need to be pegged to a dollar, one to one. And so if you get any, anywhere below that, that's not good news. Internally, we've been, at least on the news side, talking about the degree to which Luna and Terra present some sort of risk to the market, given that they've set out to buy um, billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin to serve as some sort of reserve backing to the coin. That has not really panned out to work out as intended, given uh, what we've been seeing with the depegging. And then they've gone out and then have tried to sell off this reserve to maintain some level of stability. So anyway, you kind of saw this coming yesterday. 
the first depegging happened and you you did not think that this would be the last of the market chaos or calamity. Mika, let's just break it down first. I kind of presented a degree of of a summary for the audience. Add to that and then explain what you saw that maybe other people didn't see. It happens every now and then that a that a stable going goes off its peg for a moment and and maybe there's like low liquidity or something like that. And for a moment, it, the prices jump in a weird way and people notice that. And, and often it actually can be more than what UST did at first. And even UST has had like minor problems with the peg before. But in this case, when you looked at the on-chain data, you immediately started to see a bit of a different story than just like low liquidity and a sudden price move. You really started to see structural things happening Lots of large selling of USD into other stable coins. And because of those large sales, you started to see in these markets a uh, shifting imbalance that you knew just because of how some of the AMMs uh, on DEXs work. You knew that at some point there would be sort of this tipping point where it become really serious. So I think people first didn't really realize that it would be a real thing because they had seen something similar before and they didn't realize that the structure of the market had become a lot more adverse to USD. Than, uh, than it previously had. And I think what you're seeing today is sort of that just escalating or going further. It's a really good summary of the situation, Mika, and speaks to a conversation that I had recently with a colleague. When we got to around 91, 92 cents, I asked the question, is this significant? And they said, well, you know, do we write a story or do you write a story every time Tether drops down to that level? And so it, it was almost sort of difficult to parse out the significance. Why is, to put a really fine point on it, UST depegging in such a way, such a such an issue? And then we can get into sort of like the amounts of money being piled in because that's different. That's new. And, and you've been sort of tracking that for the past 40 hours. UST is a pretty special case because it's structured as one of these algorithmic stablecoins, which is just a fancy word for saying that there should be market incentives to keep the peg aligned. Um, this is for stablecoins. This is a particular problem, sort of when it goes under one dollar. That's the scenario you're really scared of, and it's very easy to build a stablecoin like Dai when you just over collateralize the thing. You know, there's always enough backing behind the coin to make everything safe as long as everything works as intended. But for Luna and the UST, people have always been thinking about whether or not this model is actually susceptible to really like a black swan event and that, and that there's structurally an issue that could come forward when uh, the market tends to be more negative than in a bull market. It's very easy to just keep going. But in, in like a sideways or bear market, whether or not it's actually resilient enough uh, to adverse conditions. And I think today why people care about it so much is that it this could be a sign in a way that, okay, this type of system doesn't actually work at all. And that's really the debate that people are having, whether or not this is just a like one-time moment and it will be fixed, or that this entire model is sort of a little bit messed, messed up and, and sort of can't be fixed very easily. Well, the idea is that it can be fixed if the folks backing it can at least provide that back stuff for a long enough period of time. In the short term, that's true because in in the short term, it's just a matter of who's the marginal buyer and seller that will make the price of this thing 
either go up or down. And whether or not it maintains its peg today is very much a question of if the sellers sort of run out of tokens and the buyers have more will, they will the buyers will live to fight on another day here. Um, in the midterm, you have been more, the questions become a lot different on whether or not, for example, I think that if the market turns positive, uh, it will be much easier to keep the whole Luna ecosystem going. But if it continues to be more negative than this, the next wave of sort of sales could be even much worse and that could create a bad situation. And then from midterm going to long-term, long-term, the really the question is that if you can't handle even something like this, what if this thing hits scale and you run into much bigger problems at, at, at like much larger amounts, how devastating would that be? So I think short-term, mid-term, long-term, your answers can be very different on, on how this ends up going. So in terms of what happens next, is there a bull case for UST to be sustainable, to come out of the depths of this drawdown? In the short term, there's a clear answer on how they could get back to peg. I think whether or not it happens is basically a coin toss and, and no one really knows. But that it just means what's the willingness of these couple of large buyers who are backstopping the entire thing to uh, how many billions can they basically uh, support the system with and how much selling is there coming? If the selling stops right now and there are no no there's no panic, no large UST holders sell, then they will be able to backstop the thing. But if this continues on, and this is maybe where we're starting, it's a good segue to the scale and how much has been spent so far, is that eventually you're going to reach a point where it just becomes so uneconomical and so crazy uh, to keep this thing up that uh, it could be that it collapses. But whether or not that happens, I think at this point, is very much a coin toss because you can't know how many sellers are still coming in. I mean, at the same time, like it could have been anyone, right? At this moment in time with the macro environment, let's rewind the clock just a few weeks ago when the UST deployment of capital into Bitcoin became basically like one of the more bullish narratives, like the crypto market needed something to cling on to. Now we've almost found ourselves in the anti- the, the antithesis of that, or the opposite of that, rather, when the LFG entity started, or at least in, announced its intentions to buy, that kind of put sellers on the sidelines, and now it's gripped, or it's taken the driver's seat of the market once again, but on the downside this time. Is it really that important, though? Is that what, like, in your opinion, is that what's driving this bearish market sentiment, or is it just the fact that macro looks horrible and, you know, this has just become like the poster child for this like really shaky and uncertain dynamic? Well, it doesn't help the market that there's a large seller in it. I think to take a step back, the fact that uh, Luna and Terra, Terra was building up this reserve of BTC is a bit of an admission that the pure mechanics of the protocol where it's just supposed to work sort of this algorithmically without backing or with the backing of Luna and sort of the economic activity on the Terra blockchain, the fact that you're building up this reserve essentially is an admission that, okay, like we should have some collateral like other stable coins. So that I think already says that this isn't quite working fully as you'd hope. Um, but then when you get into the situation where you have some BTC collateral and you have this pressure 
to find funds from somewhere to keep the price up, then you have this sort of weird adverse effect, which is when it's when things are going poorly and probably the market is going down. Well, that's the situation where you want to have strong collateral and and that really like backs up your stablecoin. But then we're sort of in a situation where, in addition to the market being bad and everything going wrong, the value of the collateral is going down. But you have to sell it uh, into like large sell pressure, and that uh, you don't really get everything out of the collateral. And and also once that collateral is spent, you don't have it anymore, right? It's like a bullet you can fire just one time. And now that that's been probably done, or at least to a large degree has been done uh, in all likelihood, there's really not that much left anymore to do. So you, it's again, the short-term game of, was that enough to satisfy the short-term sellers? And then we can sort of think about the system long-term and try to build the reserves back up again. Okay, let's slow down. It's an intense moment in the market. This has been really fun kind of teasing out the the sort of granularities of this UST situation with you. But indulge me for a few moments. I'm going to share with you some of the commentary that I've been getting out of the deaths from the OTC market. And it's pretty, I don't, I don't want to be dramatic, but it's a bit grim. Here's from Genesis. We're seeing a slow motion meltdown, partially because it's mostly been long holders selling instead of leveraged liquidations. This is a really important point. You know, if you look back uh, over the past year and look at those really sharp drawdowns, it's triggered by overlevered offshore retail traders. In this instance, at least according to Josh Lim at Genesis, it's mostly long-term holders. And we saw this illustrated fairly poetically. I don't want to give too much, you know, I don't know this guy too much, but this is almost the poster child of it. The founder of crypto project Numeri said that he was selling all of his ETH, which he bought for 26 cents today or yesterday rather for 2500 so this is a, an example of this i don't know if maybe that's something you're witnessing but if that is the case what does that mean for where we are in the market cycle where long term holders are now driving the market versus over levered traders i think you have to sort of be specific in each case and what are the reasons someone is selling? I think in the Luna case, uh, for some of the long-term holders who've done very well on it, but have always perhaps been a bit scared about the mechanics and thinking that it's not a sure thing that this actually works very well. I have been sitting on large profits, obviously, because if they invested a while ago, Luna has done very well. So I think this is sort of they feel like could be a last moment to take some chips off the table. It doesn't mean you sell everything, but it just means that that the risks you knew that could be there are being realized and then uh, you take some profits off the table and, and that's it. For sophisticated players in the market, the fact that UST, and this necessarily isn't even the scenario where UST completely blows up or anything, but the fact that it shows elements of that already shows that you're seeing parts of the risk being realized and that means that, okay, maybe... Maybe I don't need this to be such a large position, even if I still 
believe in it and it could go well. So I think I think it's probably a situation like that. But just broader, like, do you think that how how are you maybe thinking about the market or, or positioning yourself where the the hardcore believers, not just in Terra, Luna, UST, but just broadly, ETH, Bitcoin are selling in mass. Crypto always needs to find like the next big narrative to really keep it going uh, and find like the next big use case and next area of growth. And I don't think it's quite obvious that what that will be right now, uh, especially in the short term. So if we think about where the growth has come from over the last couple of years, it was really started by sort of DeFi summer, these incentive programs around liquidity mining, sort of acquiring users that way and giving like financial incentives. Then the market dropped uh, dropped quite a bit, but NFTs became a big thing and that drove sort of saved the market and drove the next narrative. So I think there, first there's like profits and people are taking profits off the table and we're what, like 50% a bit more down from the all time highs which is not a disastrous outcome yet in crypto. People have seen a lot worse. So yeah, I think it's just a bit of exhaustion in the market, a lot of profits. There is still some like marginal seller left in the market. You see the private rounds um, and the valuations they raise at, those are still quite excessive. They shouldn't probably be that high. So there's still a little bit of like excess in the market overall. And, and I don't think it comes as a surprise to a lot of people that we we could still have like a little bit of washout, even though the same sort of pieces is that people have had for a while, they still believe in them and, and expect them to happen. But yeah, it's just a market cycle and and these tend to be pretty rough in crypto because the upside excesses are pretty large. So it's not a surprise that the downside is as well. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> it's an old expression, right? You got to take the rough with the smooth, right? You can't just... Well, well, this was a question that a lot of people, you know, over the course of the past few weeks have asked me, or a few months rather, is 20% yield vis-a-vis something like Anchor sustainable? The answer to that specific question is quite obviously no. And that contributes to the struggles in the Terra ecosystem and, and sort of the money flows within that, worrying about whether or not there will be enough source for that yield. So specifically, that 20% is not sustainable. But overall, in the crypto market, the yields have gone down a lot from sort of the good old DeFi summer days. And now it's much more like a couple of percent on on places like Yearn, for example. It's, it, it's not 12 anymore like it used to. So the market has slowed down quite a bit. Uh, but there are some exceptions, and, and those tend not to be sustainable. If the, if the returns are too high, there are always some question marks there. So what is your outlook just broadly? I feel like, you know, there's a lot of people wondering, like, what will be the next thing that ignites the market and where is the floor? I mean, these are tough questions to answer, but if we think about the, the latter part of the question, a lot of people look at all of these billions of dollars that have been raised in the forms of new crypto funds. Do they support price levels or... Does the situation in Ventureland have nothing to do with maybe the the liquid token price dynamics? It depends a little bit. So the venture funds have been raised with the eye really on like private rounds and, and private investments. But 
it does seem pretty obvious that there's too much money in that area and not enough in the liquid area. So when we do have like a positive, the market turns more positive, but I would expect the liquid market to actually probably outperform quite a bit. And then funds will sort of have to go to LPs and perhaps change investment mandates to to fit that. To an extent, I think they will support prices in the sense that there is a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of smart people still coming into the industry and, and the industry is growing a lot. Uh, but I think it's going to be you know, a bit of a slog possibly to just find uh, ultimately what stains any of this is innovation and actually building useful and interesting stuff. And and that's the that's really the mechanic you want to take over. You don't want to be talking too much about whether or not this inflow or that outflow is is good for the market. Ultimately, you want to be thinking about what the next cool thing to build is. Uh, and there are lots of those things around gaming, scaling, Web3 infrastructure. But yeah, those are just going to take a while. And, and yeah, people tend to be a bit short-sighted and not look at the long term. But in the long term, that's what makes this any of these runs sustainable or not. Having trouble keeping pace with the crypto boom? When your business is scaling up and your portfolio is growing, you don't want to waste precious time on manual treasury management or settling and rebalancing. Fireblocks can handle that for you with smart, scalable solutions for your crypto business, along with industry-leading security and expertise. They'll take care of the back end so you can focus on the big picture. Visit fireblocks.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Coinbase Prime, an integrated solution that provides institutional investors with an advanced trading platform, secure custody, and prime services to manage all their crypto assets in one place. Coinbase Prime fully integrates crypto trading and custody on a single platform and gives clients the best all-in pricing in their network using their proprietary smart order router and algorithmic execution. Futuristic companies like Tesla and MicroStrategy have already used Coinbase's comprehensive investing platform to execute some of the largest trades in the industry. Build a unified investment portfolio with one of the most trusted names in crypto. Learn more by visiting coinbase.com prime to get started today. This episode is brought to you by Cross River. Building the next big thing in crypto? Then it's time to get your fiat on and off ramp solution from Cross River. Whether you're a crypto exchange, NFT marketplace, or wallet, Cross River's integrated API based platform provides the payment solutions you need to grow. Cross River is powering the future of financial services. A crypto fin industry award winner and an early partner for companies like Coinbase, Cross River's tech stack supports crypto partners and enables real-time money movement for consumers. Welcome to a new world of crypto-friendly banking. Request your fiat on and off-ramp solution now at crossriver.com slash crypto. So I think the last time we had you on before you went to your previous home, you, you, you wanted to be a hedge funder or an investor for a while, and you are a great post the block success. Um, but the last time you came on the show, we talked about some of the bright spots in DeFi. You outlined a few different aspects. This was kind of like after the great DeFi Cambrian explosion. 
it's been a slow, I mean, NFTs kind of took the driver's seat for a while. DeFi has kind of been just percolating a little bit, but nothing overly exciting. What bright spots do you see in maybe DeFi and just the market overall? I think one thing that unlocks really DeFi in the midterm is just scaling and getting all the Ethereum layer two solutions going, because that is the most most promising path to real scalability in the industry. And that will be a huge technological unlock. That's a like a hundred X order of magnitude improvement on user experience and what exists. But to go outside that, I would say that the most likely outcome for sort of mass consumer adoption is quite obviously gaming and uh, the right game, AAA kind of quality with the right growth incentives from tokens. That's really the one that I think is going to get us to 100 million users plus. It's sort of the Axie effect, except just at larger scales, better games, different kinds of games. Those, those have been funded in the past six to 12 months, the first batch of them. Those are the kinds of games that take a while to build. But I think when they come to market, that's the first real opportunity we have for real mass consumer adoption. And I think then DeFi and all this other Web3 infrastructure and NFT infrastructure will sit in the middle of that and really help that ecosystem grow. So it'll be like a synergy of these things. But it at this point, it seems obvious to me and, and I think quite a few others that that really the gaming industry with right incentives, that's really the one that's going to kickstart growth again. Okay. What about the players in the market right now? I, th I think a lot of people are maybe not totally plugged in like you and to a lesser extent me. How does Three Arrows fall into this? How does Jump fall into this? What is LFG? Like maybe let's just take a step back as we kind of like close this out and give just a 101 on the market structure because it's not like it's just this like random founder who started a stable coin and then it didn't really work well or rather they went out and bought a bunch of bitcoin to maintain some sort of stability and the stability did not last there are some of the biggest players in the market involved in this how are they all tied together without going to any name specifically you can obviously see from the on-chain data that there's been one or maybe two large supporters here who have put in a lot of, lot of money to keep the UST stable. They've failed at this. It's unclear how much, how long they can sustain this anymore without the losses becoming completely unacceptable. Again, we don't know if the selling stops suddenly and they're okay, but if it doesn't stop and it continues for another day at this level, that I just don't understand how anyone can afford to keep this thing up. And that will create some very, very difficult questions just around the Luna ecosystem and where we go from there. But if they manage to survive this uh, and the market turns a little bit positive, I think there is a, an out here for the Terra ecosystem. If the market really is bad over the next few months, I think this problem will just get worse and worse. And I'm not sure how how anyone would be able to dig themselves out of this hole. It just doesn't make sense to throw more and more billions at the problem when you know you're at the losing end of it. So it is a very tough situation. And I think ultimately there comes a point, if, if the selling continues, where 
they just have to look in the mirror and say, we, we just can't do this anymore. Like we can't keep throwing away money in this, in the, in the same way that we have for the past 48 hours, but it doesn't seem like we're quite there yet. And the situation could change minute by minute. It's, it's really interesting. So what are you looking forward to? Like, what, what do you have? Like, I'm sure you've got all your tabs open. Like, what are you looking for? or looking at monitoring to stay abreast of the situation? Right now, I'm looking on chain a lot on just how large the deficits are there in these different marketplaces that need to be filled. A good example is the curve market, which 20 minutes ago before we started, still needed about like 300 million in someone someone bailing out that market with 300 million to make it sustainable. That uh, the selling that we've seen on Binance, for example, at at 0.98 dollars, there was seemed to be at least a couple hundred million selling in a couple of hours at that level, and that money is essentially now uh, lost or or holding UST that can't be sold anymore. So uh, right now it's a bit of a yeah, a bit of a tough situation. I think it's just monitoring whether or not the selling stops. So uh, in each of these marketplaces. And on the Terra blockchain itself and anchor uh, the UST outflows. I think right now it's just seeing the on-chain data and trying to figure out whether or not the pain will end. And and then if it does and sort of the Terra ecosystem makes it out of it and UST makes it out of it, then a new discussion sort of begins and, and we need to figure out what happens next. But right now it's just, it still is pretty much a survival game. Yeah, it definitely is. And it's... It's is is it a bear market now? Like, how would you describe this market, and how do people survive? I mean, it's not great to be down fifty percent or more on all the assets. So it, it obviously is a bear market. Macro doesn't help, uh, though. I'm not an expert expert there. It is it is I think a bear market in the sense that it's not obvious what exactly and when the next catalyst comes. Crypto tends to the buildup tends to be slow where even in DeFi, we saw a lot of innovation, a lot of great things for a year, but nothing really happened. But then when it took off, it really took off. So I think it's going to be one of those, uh, if it plays out like it has before, I think it'll be one of those situations where you see a lot of great technology being built. And then it, you just need to find that moment where it all takes off and, and then we get our next big growth cycle. And we shall see. Well, sir, thanks for taking the time. Last minute to come on. Mika, always great to have you. We should make this a regular thing. Let's get you back home safe. I know you're doing some traveling tomorrow. Um, where where are we going to find you on Twitter? How are we going to make sure they don't end up following that F1 guy? You can find me at mhongasalo on Twitter. And I have a sub stack as well, linked to my profile, where I write a mediocre blog on some of these market things. So feel free to follow that. <laughs> Thanks so much. Always appreciate you coming on and just chatting with us. Ladies and gentlemen, The Scoop will be back with you again with another great guest, hopefully with better prices. Talk to you soon.